What is up, Podheads? We are back, episode 53. I'm here, as always, with Anthony and Nate. How are you guys doing tonight? I'm doing great. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're listening to this podcast for some reason. So thank you. Yeah, we love you. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're calling us Podheads. I guess that's a good thing. Yeah. But... <laughs> So yeah, uh, we're we're recording on three eleven day, which when you when this drops the Monday after, but we're recording on three eleven day. We had to give it a mention. It is a big reason we're all together as friends. We kind of bonded over three eleven twenty years ago in high school. Three eleven day is a holiday for us every year. We we all spun some version of the, their music today, I'm sure, and uh, I love it. I, I it it brought me back. Yeah, I, I spun Sound System today, and it it's funny how I have like three different pockets of friends that I. Well, some of them, like you guys, I talk to a lot, but other pockets of friends I don't talk to all year, but I know I'll get a text at 311 Day, Happy 311 Day. So it's cool. Like, there's no other band that I'm getting, like, I'm not getting uh, Happy Deftones or Happy Crime and Stereo Day texts from anyone <laughs> else. You know what I mean? It's 311 Day. So it's a cult following. Yeah, it's cool. 311 has their own little tribute day every year. I've always wanted to go to that show. Neither of you guys have gone to that, right? No. No, I've never been. Yeah, I've always wanted to check that out. I know we talked about it at length here on the podcast before where they let that festival ride kind of at the beginning of COVID, which I thought mm-hmm. was bizarre, but I guess it worked out. So but. Yeah. And I mean it was we we did we did talk about it a little bit on our first episode and we we just hit our our one year this past Saturday. Oh, yeah. One year anniversary. So the Podius Live is a, a year old now. But yeah, we did we talked about that three eleven show going off in Vegas on March eleventh last year. And like as the world was saying we shouldn't be together so it was kind of interesting yeah i remember in the moment we were kind of like ah the optics look really bad and based on what we're hearing i don't know if that's the right thing to do and looking back at it from a 2021 lens it's like Mm -hmm. wow you know and i'm sure they actually didn't they make a statement about it maybe maybe they did i believe yeah Yeah. so they they knew it was kind of funky and like i remember post malone had a big show in Denver at the Pepsi Center, yeah, yeah. The other thing about that that is is crazy to me is Three Eleven has made has taken over a day on the calendar be, just because of the name of their band, which is kind of cool. Uh, you can point towards that day every year. They do a big concert typically, or a couple of day concert uh, festival type thing typically. It's a great marketing ploy, and uh, that's probably a day that they make you know they make their nut on for the year. So it's hard to be like, yeah, we're going to cancel this as you're ready to do it in Las Vegas for a three day stint. Yeah, you're right. That's like their big cash grab. I wonder what other bands could do that. Three Six Mafia, March sixth, sixteenth. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, three sixteenth. The other one is uh, January twelfth, one twelve. The R and B group. Oh yeah, yep. it's funny you say one twelve. Big missed opportunity there. Room one twelve where the players dwell. <laughs> <laughs> Our episode thirty nine guest was singing one uh, twelve's Cupid on Instagram either. Today or yesterday, so if it's a couple of days out now, but go find it, Maddie Maddie Arsenal from the Lost Horde singing some some one twelve. Love it, absolutely love it. Yeah, I love some nineties R and B. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So in honor of the one year anniversary, we did check out that for we listened back to that first episode just to see you know again through fifty three episodes you know in our, in our pocket just to kind of listen to it. And I'm smirking because I listened to it and I I almost look at it. It's like a, a basement demo, you know, a garage demo on the four track. And now we've upgraded to a studio and that type of thing. And I was impressed and I was like, not impressed at the same time, but yeah. What do you, what do you, did you listen to it, Nate? 
Well, it's hard not to self-critique, right? I mean, I still do it on every episode that we put out. But that one, like, yeah, it was our first debut episode. And I can't, like, I laugh as soon as the episode starts because I just sound so corny at the beginning. Like, welcome to Patio Slave. <laughs> yeah, and you were like, it's Friday the 13th. Like, one month. <laughs> and you sound like you're in a well, too. Yeah, yeah, I was in a transition. Yeah, we well, sound I was transitioning, so much right? Yeah, I was transitioning. I was moving. COVID was starting. And we've never done a podcast, right? So there's that. We use Skype too, which we've switched from that. Sorry, Skype, but uh, they won't be sponsoring the Body of Slave podcast anytime soon. But yeah, they uh, the the whole thing was was funny to listen back to. I listened back to it too this week, just to kind of gain some perspective that you know it's been a year, the year the COVID year too, no no less. So the whole thing has been kind of interesting to see what we've done, you know, squirreled away in our our homes. Uh, to you know, get people on that want to talk about music and to listen to what we were then and how anybody said yes to us after that is is funny to me. Yeah, I'm happy we can all laugh too because it's it's us and it's out there and it's just like yeah, man, it is what it is. That's our that's our like you said that's our demo. <laughs> Got to start somewhere. I intentionally held off on listening to it until this past week. Me too. Because I was yeah. just like, yeah. you know what i I knew the sound quality wasn't good. I knew that it wasn't edited. I knew that we didn't really have the cadence down and we didn't like, I think we prepped, but we didn't, I think we did one dry run. You know what I mean? We had one yeah. like, all right, we, this sounds good. Let's, let's roll type of thing. And now we, this is a little more structured. The sound quality is better. Our flow is better. I, I think. Tuan kills the edit every week. So yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. A little behind the podcast. I know. Introspective is the fact that we didn't edit before we were like anti-editing. I don't know if you guys remember that. It was just like, no, let's just let it ride. It's going to be natural. We realized over time, like, well, we fucking lose connections sometimes. So yeah. Right. (laughs) That's the one thing, especially with, with the digital COVID era, like internet's crap out every now and then. And we have to clean that up as if we just left in, you know, six minutes of internet not working, that would be a tough hang for a listen. So yeah, that's, it's not like we, we cut and paste every little thing about the podcast. Most of what you hear is what you get. And actually, if you listen back to the one, there are pieces of that that are fluid and it sounds cool. And it's like you can see something's coming here. But uh, yeah, it, it it does take some time and you got to clean some stuff up here and there because you never know with tech. Is that a segue? Segway king? Are you the Segway king, Tone? <laughs> night only. One night only. Uh, tech. I'm talking about Kings of Leon. Not, not just Kings of Leon. Kings of Leon releasing their new album last week as a non-fungible token, an internet, crypto, uh, voodoo, whatever the hell you want to call it, right? Yeah. So they, uh, actually, I think I saw this on Rolling Stone. They said that, you know, they're going to be the first band um, in the history of ever to release an album as an NFT. It's their new album, uh, When You See Yourself, which I did listen to. And um, are we giving takes here? On the album? Yeah, do it. Yeah, go ahead. Do people come for the takes? Or the tangents. I don't know which one. Uh, I listened to it. It didn't hit me like Mechanical Bull um, hit me. Although that was the case with Walls. Walls came out in what, 2016? That was a slow grower for me. This has potential, but I I don't think it's going to be one of my favorite King songs. It's got a couple standout tracks. I think the artwork was very just freshman graphic design major, throw it together in an hour type of thing, which I, I like the... Yeah, hopefully we'll still get those guys on someday. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I think like Mechanical Bull had some like soul to it, and 
was it only by the night? Yep. And, um, you know, some of their others, like it's a little more thoughtful and uh, I don't know, it, it'll, it'll grow in me, but first listen was better than okay, but wasn't great. I'm agreeing with your, with your album art take. Yeah. All right. As you were. <laughs> Nate, you listened to it, right? I did. Yeah. I actually, so I checked it out. Uh, you guys were so kind to let me essentially, uh, and everyone to let me uh, unplug. I kind of took a little road trip up North to big Sur. And uh, this the album dropped during that time, so um, it's actually one of my favorite road trip bands. Kind of paints the picture perfectly with the scenery. So I think maybe I'm a little biased because I'm I'm we're both fans to one, but I think I kind of give it some real depth on the trip. Like I'm gonna just give it this concentration. It's gonna paint the picture for this amazing scenery, and it's kind of like amplifies the songs. So for that, like I've given it, you know, more stars. But to your point, like they're so solid, like some of those albums are so solid, Mechanics Bowl in particular, like you said, that I'm not sure where it stacks up yet, but I was impressed nonetheless. But I think I just, it's one of those like singers, like Caleb, like his voice is so strong and the band is so tight that like, I don't really dislike anything they do, but at the same time, maybe it's not as standout as like Mechanical Bull really is like untouchable. So um, I liked it a lot. Yeah, there's a few tracks that stand out on there. Um, I'll have to listen to it again, but because I gave it that special attention, I was able to fully digest it, and I and I liked it. Yeah. Full disclosure: I couldn't give it that time the last couple of days with uh, what was going on in my world, but I have listened to the singles, and I liked the singles. I would be, I'm less of a fan of this band than you two are, I think, but I don't dislike them. So I guess I'm a little more passive in that regard. I do think they're they're talented. They do put out solid solid albums there's never like oh that's just not good i don't want to listen to that again they're not that type of band they're a band that comes at it with you know a cohesive record a lot of times that that will either grow on you if it's a if it's one of those types like walls i would agree with that walls had some one really good track i think at the the the, the outset and then i was more into it as i listened to it and i think i think that happens with a lot of their records so like this could be something that you know, three months from now, you're like, man, I'm still spinning that. I'm, I'm surprised, but here it is it's still happening. No, I, I think it will be for me. I, I it, It's funny, Nate, like on, on my first listen, I was like, this is not mechanical bull, not in terms of sound, but in terms of like quality of an album. Like you're again, we've talked about it a million times. You're benchmarking these bands by their best album, which is not I don't know if it's not fair, but it's like you're doing yourself a disservice because you're automatically dismissing the album. But I will say that track, Claire and Eddie is the best song on the album. It's near the end and it is it's a slower song and I feel like those are the ones I really like the most out of them. Yeah, I'll keep I'll keep spinning it and I'm sure it'll grow on me just like just like Walls did. Yeah. And the interesting thing about Kings of Leon too is because they're pretty mainstream, they're pretty popular, but they have the roots um coming from Nashville and just real musicianship. But I think that's why it gets lost in the shuffle. It's like, you know, you're aware of them because they're a big name, but you forget that they're actually genuine, like not classically trained, but definitely classically trained in the sense that they kind of grew up playing instruments probably since childhood. That's a good documentary on them that kind of showcases that. Yeah, it, I think it gets confused because of that. And then you look at the fact that they released this album on NFT, like they're not really like a technological band. They're like almost like a country band. So there's a lot of like, I don't know disconnection on wait this band is huge but they're country but they're you know but they're putting out like a digital token album like there's a lot of uh there's a lot of ways to get lost in what king's Leon's trying to represent i think 
So you mentioned NFT, and that's the the piece of this that I'm really interested in. I, two things. Yeah. You're right. I don't see them as the first band to do this. I would have totally picked a hip hop, a solo hip hop act, somebody totally. like Drake or one of those mumble rap or future. You know what I mean? Like I could have seen that from the NBA culture because NBA right now is huge in the NFT world at the moment, even though it's who knows what's going on there. But yeah, the for them to be the band doing it, that's interesting. And obviously that came from somewhere at the label or somebody is saying, Hey, these are hot right now. Let's, let's market the shit out of this and say that we're, we're releasing the first ever NFT record, which stands for non-fungible token, which is essentially you can't hold it in your hand. It's a digital thing, right? It's a cryptocurrency type thing. So interesting, interesting stuff. Yeah. It's a basically for those that aren't familiar with it, it's basically like a, a digital certificate of ownership of a, uh, digital asset. So people collect sports cards. That's a physical asset, physical um, collectible. You get art. You get uh, physical artwork. This is basically all that in a digital form, where all the transactions are basically logged through blockchain. You know, if I've lost you, I'm not surprised because it lost me. So. So yeah, I just want to throw this out there. I have this box of of Nate's stuff sitting next to me when Nate's nerdery that we've done in the past. I wish that stuff was an NFT right now. Get this shit out of here, bro. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love that shit. Free storage. Yeah, but an, another thing about the NFT is that it's a limited it's, an, it's a limited item, right? And that there's a certain amount of the NFTs that include, I think, some kind of like lottery to get four tickets for every tour for the rest of yeah. your life yep. or something like for that. Them, That's yep. really cool. Yeah, so each one is, they're all one of one, you know what I mean? Because they all have unique, you know, in quotes, using serial numbers. Um, but yeah, you're right. There's special album package, uh, those live show perks. There were exclusive uh, audio visual art. So if you're a Kings fanboy, like this is perfect for you because you'll, you know, I don't know if they'll do the serial number thing, but. It could be, you know, a big win if you're a collector, but also if you're looking for an investment. Do we know how much it cost? No clue. I didn't. I couldn't see find it either. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, if it was, if you're buying it and you have a chance to get into a lottery for all these live shows or live show perks on top of live shows, you would think it probably costs more than your what ten bucks to buy a record. So, or, or even just the digital art piece of it that's going into it. So you're just getting that extra um, ninth grade Photoshop stuff to <laughs> be your own one of one or whatever. That piece of it has to cost more than your regular $10 record, uh, digital record would cost. Yeah, I'm not sure. We'll have to look into that. But I know it's four tickets to every tour for the rest of, you know, the band's legacy or whatever. So that's, you think But about that's that. just the sweepstakes, right? That's not... Not everybody that buys this that you have you're entered. If you get the NFT, you're entered into that sweepstakes. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yep. Which is a huge incentive, though. Like you said, like investment wise, that's one for you and your spouse, and an extra set of tickets. Like, I mean, you could essentially resell those tickets for whatever. I think it said front row tickets. Bring your kids. Bring your kids. Yeah, exactly. Have these gone on sale as of today, three eleven? I don't know. Because that's I, a good question. I mean, from an investment perspective, if it's reasonable, I might, I might it try might to buy It might be one. worth hanging on to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Even if even if all you get is the NFT, and then down the road you have the first ever NFT record. So then I can Shit. look at the. Should uh, we pause? Should we pause right now and go buy it? <laughs> Twan's all about investing. I love it. So I can look at the digital version of the freshman um, digital. Uh, 
art. <laughs> digital art uh, major version of the CD cover. We do we do better job than they do, I think. I'm not going to lie. We could have pulled that off. I could have pulled that cover off. You could have pulled that cover off. It wouldn't have been that hard. Take a picture and put your hand up on the wall. You get the fucking shadow puppets on the wall. Come on, guys. Well, I was thinking, I was looking at the name of the album, When You See Yourself, and I was trying to think of, like, if there's a play on that that I'm just not, there's a deeper meaning to it. And maybe there is, but I I don't know. It, it seems kind of lazy. It's a little convoluted, I think. Yeah. I think we want more depth because the band sounds like they have that depth. So when like the title is not as deep, you're just like, what does that mean? What does walls mean? Right. Is it wall like the wall in Mexico? That one? <laughs> and then the, I hope not. The imagery yeah, there no. was just like their heads like in water, submerged in water. I don't know. I can't remember what it was, but. It was like milk. It didn't even look yeah, like milk, water. Yeah, that's something <laughs> funky. I don't know. Back to the NFT piece. If you if you look at it on Apple Music, the uh, the record on Apple Music, the art does change it's like two pictures of you can see like a drum kit shadow and a person shadow and then the other two guys it's just it's it does move so it does kind of fit with what they're going for here so that's interesting i guess it's funny we're critiquing like we know what we're talking about i mean frank maddox knows what we're talking about but we should call him yeah and that that extends our frank maddox streak from nate to (laughs) 13 straight episodes i think (laughs) yeah i love that guy he's a good dude i enjoy him too I mean, it's everywhere, right? There's a tequila now, Deftones tequila that just dropped. Oh, yeah. Did you horn that in, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I had to. I mean, that logo is just, it keeps showing up everywhere I go. Uh, nah, it's Guys, a- it's the Rolling Stones logo. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, uh, like, the, the the bigger story here is, like, this is a whole new world mm-hmm. for music, obviously well beyond music, sports, movies, actors, actresses, whatever. Uh, anyone with a, with a following or any franchise you know you name it but in terms of music like i was thinking about it today like what would be nfts that i would be interested in like if it was a video for example it's like tim from rage uh climbing the stanchion yeah you know what i mean at uh the video music awards like what would that go for and what i want you know what i want it and there are only a thousand of them right and are we spending that big bucks for those i don't like who's buying this stuff people would buy that stuff though Absolutely. Like, uh, you say, okay, bands that already do a really good job of recording their live shows and, you know, at least uh, the audio, but definitely I'm sure there are plenty that have done video for a while now and we just haven't seen it. That's where this is headed. So Nate's favorite band, Pearl Jam, they've already been kind of doing this. In a non, not not in the NFT world necessarily, but if you're part of the Ten Club, you get a what a, a single every Christmas on a seven inch every Christmas on vinyl. You get yep. access to a lot of the live soundboard recordings of shows. You can purchase those. Sometimes they come in various uh, you know tangible aspects, but they've kind of been doing this on that front. They are perfectly positioned to do this on the NFT front if they have a lot of that stuff. And not everything has been shown to the world, I'm sure. Good call on the live stuff. I mean, any show that I go to that I'm thinking of where they record the show, I don't know if you've been to any of these venues where they record the show and you go into like the lobby to grab a beer and you can still see the show on like a mm-hmm. small little yep. TV screen. I mean, all that stuff doesn't get released. I mean, it's just kind of like in an archive somewhere. It's just money sitting on the table, really. So good, good point on the live recordings. Slap a serial number on it, make it digital say. crypto, and boom, sell it to your fans. Yeah. I was at that show. I want to buy that. When I was at the height of my record collecting, which was 
03 to 08 in that time frame it was all limited seven inches it was all record release uh records with you know a spray painted uh various spray painted cover and it was all numbered you know and and obviously like all the record store day stuff so like Actually, Record Store Day is the perfect proof of concept for this. Oh, yeah. Totally. It's perfect. Like, people line up for this shit. Well, I mean, there have been people buying and collecting music things for years, and they've been tangible. Same thing for sports. Same thing for all different kinds of nerdery, right? So this is only going to, if it works, proliferate there. Like, you're going to see, okay, I've, here's, a, here's the intro to uh, some concert from deftones you know on the the first first show from the first leg of the tour they had a digital camera or an iphone even because those things record like crazy now pointed at chino and he did something crazy and boom i'm gonna sell that moment to a a hardcore deftones fan and a lot of them would buy it if they had the means yeah this is a whole new world like there this is a whole new revenue stream for whoever owns the music so again i i think you know, you can say what you want about Kanye, but his preaching of owning your masters and all that stuff, like, geez, the possibilities are endless, absolutely endless. And I don't know if we're going to get to it yet, but it this does tie into our next topic that we're going to chat about. Before we get to that, I have something. Oh, yeah. No, we're not. Yeah, we're not done yet. Okay, but, good, good. Yeah. But yeah, this is, I think this is going to be bigger than like even Taylor Swift selling her catalog or someone selling it on her behalf or whatever for 300 million. I, I feel like that's going to be peanuts. Like I just looked Kings of Leon sale, NFT sale earns 2 million, 2 million bucks. They generate. Wow. And week. that was just in a week In a weekend. Damn. Yeah. In a weekend. And all that is, is the money, the, the digital aspect of that album being sent to somebody with a crypto password a serial number and a chance to win live tickets to or tickets to live shows and they made two million in in seven six days whatever it is unbelievable yeah when you compare that to physical goods sales to revenue because that's pure revenue right i take it well i mean we don't really know when they get to give away the it's tickets which line. is going to cost them yeah. some money but yes it's probably you know 75 percent of that's going back to them yeah even the tickets are essentially comp tickets, so there's no cost there really because everyone gets, as we've talked about on here, artist holds. So, man, yeah, that's that's big money. It's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. So, uh, the theme of our episode right now, and I just came up with this on the spot as we were doing this. Imagine a year ago, us talking about Kings of Leon putting out a digital album that they made two million dollars on that wasn't through Spotify or anything like that. It's a non fungible token. Would you even? Can you even imagine that? No. I mean, there's digital certificates, digital assets. I'd be like, you mean like a stock? Like, what, what are you talking about, you know? Yeah. The world has changed a lot in the last 365 days. <laughs> I'll say even in the last week. I mean... It's true. Really, this started in Q1 of this year. I mean, this all this NFTs and digital assets and things like that. It's It's hard for a lot of people to wrap their head around, but there's certain analogies that it kind of sinks in. It's like, well... You know, I use like sports cards. It's like, well, you only own a piece of paper. Like, right. You know what I mean? With a couple of etchings on it, maybe to make it more, you know, its own thing. Like if it's got a number on it or if it's got a certain color coded, whatever, that's, there's only a certain amount of those. You own one of them. Yeah. And it's not only that, it's like trying to keep that in pristine condition. As you guys both know, as you mentioned, Tony, you're both 
holding my inventory of uh of nerdery a lot of that stuff signed and it's like man it's hard to keep that stuff in great condition It'd be worth a whole lot more if it was an nft you know untouchable basically so i think this has been a, a futuristic year it's, it's definitely not going to slow down and it kind of goes to the point like anyone that was paying attention to like cryptocurrency like five years ago a bunch of friends that used to like bug me about it like fuck you guys are right shit's yeah. happening right now speaking of shit happening jay-z got paid right he got the bag jay-z that's my segue not as good as the last one i was gonna say uh water's wet the sky's blue jay-z got paid yeah he, that's just <laughs> what he does he gets paid he got paid he sold title to jack of twitter fame and square fame he sold it to square right yes yeah so square the financial payments company they provide you know online payment services cash app is under that umbrella so yeah any you know a digital uh exchange of currency and i, th- I think actually you can buy stocks and stuff through through cash app which is a subsidiary of, of square and cryptos right Bit- bitcoin etc yep what was it 300 million something like that yeah so i don't know what did jay-z what was his initial investment what's a great question i don't know i'll look that up i don't know the initial investment but i know when they you know, first debuted title, it was basically a partnership with exclusives for some pretty huge names artist-wise, right? So yeah, Jay-Z, Kanye. Kanye, like Beyonce, a whole Daft, roster. Daft Punk, Daft Punk, I think. They were on there, yep. So I'm assuming that contract comes with this acquisition. So the, all those artists, I don't know, I don't want to say masters, but they're kind of tied into that contract for whatever tenure that, you know, that encompasses. So it's weird though, because I don't think Title's ever been profitable. I mean, they're going against like Spotify, Apple Music, and everything. So there's definitely some something behind the curtain that's worth it for uh, Jack Dorsey to to jump on this. They, I don't have an initial, but it looks like four years ago or so, Sprint bought in thirty three percent for two hundred million. Wow. So they've made some money on this, and at the time of it coming out, it was billed as like the audio file, the person who wants to hear the you know the vinyl level quality of a streaming service title was it like spotify apple youtube music all those were good but this was better this was the the highest quality you're going to get and it cost more and i'm sure that's because their servers were bigger because the 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 size of the files were bigger etc etc not to get too deep into the weeds there but that was what it was billed as and they got all these heavy hitters together jay-z kanye daft punk etc to throw out this is what we're going to do. And I remember signing up for the free trial for Kanye's The Life of Pablo because it was only released there for the first week. And he just kept not putting it out and not putting it out. And I was like, you dick. You did this just so that I would have to pay for the month. <laughs> that seven-day free trial is going to lapse and I'm going to have to pay for the month to listen to Life of Pablo, which I end up doing. But he won and he was right. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it was an interesting play at the time. And I don't think it ever really caught on for people for the mainstream right yeah it was just it's i read today it's just five percent of the total market share so combined you know compared to spotify and apple music but the other differentiator was it's supposedly the most artist friendly you get the artists get the most revenue per stream most you know cents per stream whatever it is or sub cents or fraction of a penny whatever it is so there's incentive for the artist to get on there and obviously like i said the uh, exclusive stuff. What was your guys' initial take when you saw this news? Like, did you did you get it? Did you scratch your head? Yeah, I was a little I was a little uh, per- perplexed about on it, basically because 
like you said, titles kind of, they have a small market share on the music streaming services. So it just seems a little, uh, I don't know, something doesn't really add up, but like you were saying tone based on, you know, this is an artist direct type service. That's, you know, apparently superior sound quality. Well, Neil Young did the same thing with the Pono or Pono or whatever it was called. And that was a big failure. So I feel like it always ties back to the fact that, you know, we talked about it on here before, which is the artist trying to regain control maybe prematurely and knowing that not really, that's not really your specialty and therefore it it may not succeed. So selling it to Jack Dorsey, who obviously is a tech Titan with Twitter and everything to take control of title and bring it to the next level. I started to see it like light at the end of the tunnel through that lens. Like, okay, you're handing it off to someone that knows what they're doing. So maybe this is when title actually takes off based on the infrastructure behind Jack Dorsey and what he's accomplished, you know, thus far. At first, it didn't make any sense to me. I was like, why would, why would uh, Jack want to purchase this when it's the least subscribed to the smallest market share of any streaming service? But then I got to think, you know, maybe there's something else at play here. And it kind of ties back into our NFT conversation that we just had. I could see a world where, uh, you know, the cash app slash uh, you're going to go to, but either using that or using Square, you're going to go to an artist page and they're the one running all of the behind the scenes, uh, you know, marketplace aspect and you're paying it. It's all digital. It's all easy. Not that things aren't that way now, but they're going to clean that up for artists and artists are going to maybe see and hear, okay, it happens a lot easier and better with this company. Why am I doing, why am I working with Spotify? If I own my own stuff now, more of the money's coming to me and I'm just paying them for the infrastructure of the website type of deal. And then how I can get the money to me, I'm going to do that. And it, it, it lends itself to more of the digital aspect, which we're going to live in as things go forward. I mean, we're already there, but it's going to continue to proliferate and be bigger and, you know, more of these needing digital pieces, digital serial numbers and whatever crypto stuff to make this all work. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think that's, in fact, I was reading, that's kind of one of the plays that he's kind of getting at, which is he's with Square, he's allowed transactions to be as seamless as possible and basically have a seller's marketplace. And that's what I think you'll see. I think you'll see on an artist page and title, I've never used title, but what I think you'll see is basically, and you see it some on Spotify, but you'll see basically a digital marketplace. Just what you were saying, Tone, like merch, tickets, NFTs, you know, it could be almost like a cameo thing. Like, all right, you listen to this artist, you're really digging them. Hey, send your buddy a, you know, a happy birthday message from, I don't know, you know, the Daft Punk dudes or something like that. You know what I mean? Anything like that where there's an upsell. It'll be upsell galore. And the other, the other thing I was thinking about is like, why, why not have Twitter buy it? You know what I mean? Somehow embed it there. But here's the reality. He can still do that. He can still do that on Twitter. He doesn't have to, you know. He owns just, it. He yeah, own, he yeah. He can still do that, even though it's under the the square umbrella. It's like, well, all those are under his umbrella, right? Because he's still is he still with Twitter? Yep. He's still so. with Twitter. Yeah. It's an interesting play. I don't know if he can turn title around. I don't know. I think there'll be better margins because of the streamlined process that he already has with Square. That whole infrastructure. And then bigger upsell, more upsell, because there's this opportunity there, and you know Spotify's 
going to try to get their hands on it or they're probably already in the works of that. Yeah, it's basically giving Spotify a run for their money, right? At the end of the day, like Spotify can't take all the market share. So someone's got to be, I don't I do duopoly, I guess, to, to counter that. And like you said, with Twitter, Jack owning Twitter and Square, I mean, he can basically just make title trend on Twitter all day if he wants to, right? I mean, there's no policing that. It's all self <laughs> right. Exactly. So. Yep. That's exactly <laughs> what I was getting at. Good, good point. You forget Apple Music, Nate. There, there already is a duopoly. And then YouTube Music kind of, but not really. Yeah. There's a few out there. Um, and I even, I think if you go back to episode one, we even talked about Napster being owned by, was it Rhapsody? Yeah. And how they they uh, they were the at the time one of the better uh, streaming services for artists. So Jack is now throwing his gauntlet down a year later. And that's how I'm going to bring it back to episode one every time tonight, guys. <laughs> I love it, man. <laughs> Flashback. The other thing I read, because I did a little digging on this, because again, I was confused and perplexed at the start but um this is another way for um art to further the artist connection with cash app so cash app is big in the hip-hop community if um you've ever watched like joe budden's pull-up uh, interviews they're all sponsored by cash app big hip-hop influence there and title i when i think of title i think of like the titans of hip-hop you know what I mean? Like Jay-Z's the, so yep. it, it's to further that connection, which it makes sense. You know what I mean? I don't know if it's going to work, but I can see why I'm connecting the dots of why they're doing this. It may not work, but right now it's intriguing. It got us to talk about title. It probably got a lot of people to talk about title this week. And uh, it, yeah, it, it could be, it could be the next thing, you know, down the road uh, because of where there's already a footprint for Square and Cash App, and and there's already people using it in that sense. Now maybe there's a little more one-stop shoppiness for it. I like the I like the uh, connecting the dots, Tuan, because that's where I'm at too. Like when I first, I remember seeing the title announcement. They did like a live stream, like all the artists were in the room, and people were like zooming in or skyping in at the time. And Chris Martin skyped in and stuff like that. So. I think it's too big to fail mainly because if they have all that roster on board on that initial announcement of title, they're probably all investors. They're probably on the board. You know what I mean? They're, they're not going to let this fail. So maybe the Twitter acquisition was basically like, Hey, make this work because it hasn't worked yet. And you have the infrastructure to, to, you know, take it to the moon basically. And the other thing too, is like, if you're an artist and it is known, like if you look at the, the metrics and stuff, title does pay out the most. Maybe that's why they're not profitable, but if you're an artist and you know that your stream, you'll get more money per stream and there's this digital marketplace for all your shit, you might direct people there, you know? So yep. who knows? But it, I don't know. I feel like there's some barrier I'm not thinking about. Otherwise, Spotify would already do this. I think they do it with concert tickets, but I don't know. That's an area I don't know. I think it literally ties back to Twitter. It's just like the artist, the said artist just talks about it on their page with a link back to title and just kind of goes in this like closed circuit, you know, yeah. like go here. It's a hell of a forum to be in front of people. Uh, Twitter, yeah. Right. yeah. Yep. <laughs> Probably the, for one of the forums for that, that and Instagram, I would say are the two, the two big ones as far as that goes. And I mean, people use Snapchat still a little bit here and there too, but not to that level. Twitter, I mean, Twitter is, moves stocks, right? Elon yeah. Musk makes that. Twitter and Reddit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> together elon elon plus game stunk equals cash to the moon right i mean yeah exactly the more i think about it i think they're the right partner for this 
because right. if Zucks bought it, I mean, I wouldn't touch ever thinking about a title subscription, you know? Exactly. <laughs> It'd be stale. You know, the whole, I'm sorry, but I, IG is, I don't know, I'm not saying it's a thing of the past, but I think with all the, the TikToks and the and Twitter and everything like that, it's just, I don't know, it, the association with Facebook, I, I don't know. I'd love to see their daily average users. I bet it's still really, really high. But oh, how course. many of those users are going to turn into customers? That's the problem. Exactly, right? yeah. Twitter, I think you can probably do a little better with. And uh, and this pen now is being paired with the owner of Twitter, who not necessarily, you know, in so many words that you're going to get to the Twitter aspect of it. So, yeah, I, I get that. That makes sense to me. There's a lot of dots to connect there, but they, they see it before we do. I mean, and we, I think we do a pretty good job of seeing it. I mean, we've made... We made this kind of prediction a few weeks back, maybe a couple months back, where it was going to end up, sorry, Spotify, we are now, we own everything ourselves, come subscribe to Jay-Z on Tidal, and you get everything. You're like, you pay for Jay-Z for six ninety nine a month in perpetuity, and you get everything. You get a monthly NFT, you get... Mm-hmm. And here you go. And then, and then you just hope that... Joe Schmo loves Jay-Z and wants to subscribe or whoever the new the new hot thing is, whatever the new music that's coming out that's massive. Okay, now you got to go through this. And they've laid the groundwork with this uh, this acquisition, I think. So could be that way. Yeah, I think you could be right. I mean, it's basically watch the, watch the throne, right? It's Jack Dorsey versus Zucks. I mean, here's the biggest plot twist of, of ever. Like, what if everything just becomes Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, title? I guess that is like the definition definition of a monopoly but it's not really far-fetched i mean everything's consolidating in real time call me old school but i I do like the uh i do like grabbing the record and putting it on i I know going to the show and seeing people in person uh you know there's still there's still a world for that it's for us boomers now but gonna say we're old man yeah we're old right i will say though I haven't dug into the numbers. Like I know, I know they're not profitable. At least they weren't in 2018. But like 300 million for title doesn't seem crazy. No, especially doesn't. when you think of if if it's true that they have captured five percent of market share, then that's not crazy. I mean, Spotify's market cap is what 50 Billions, billion, right? or yeah. it's gone up from there. 55 yeah, billion. Yep. So do the math. I mean. I think he just pulled a fast one, Jack. I think he, he may have. Yeah, he, he sniffed may have. that out. I, and that's pe- only three hundred million. Yeah, I think everyone's happy until it doesn't work. Oh, and if it doesn't, it wasn't like it cost him that much money. For I mean, three hundred million is life changing money for us, but for Jack, it's like okay, what what else can I snag? Right. <laughs> Basically, but it would be cool. Like think about you're listening to, I don't know, Spanish love songs mm-hmm. on title. And you're listening, and you're you're vibing, and there's a marketplace right there, linked to it's it's not even a link, it's embedded, it's it's merch, it's tickets, it's whatever the hell yeah. you want. You just you just you just boiled it down perfectly. I'm listening to Spanish love songs. I need to leave app to go buy something on their website. Oh shit, they don't have it there. I gotta go to a Discogs to try to find it there. Oh shit, they don't have it there. I'm on eBay. Oh shit, they don't have it there. Or it's all in one place. That's what's going to happen. Yep. You're right. And like, you know, I was, I was, uh, what I was thinking about also is like they own the, the, the payment 
the whole payment infrastructure. We're like exactly, oh, yeah. exactly. Wow. So they're taking a little little piece off everyone. Yeah, a little little piece off everyone, and, and it's their own. So you know what I mean? Yep. What were you gonna say, Nate? So say this kind of ties into the whole Ticketmaster restructure with um, streaming shows for a sold out show, right? So it's just additional income, additional tickets sold to a live stream show that's probably going to funnel through something like this. They're going to need some kind of partner, right? So maybe this is a precursor to that as well. Maybe. I could see that. Yeah. I could also see that just being Ticketmaster being like, we're going to put up, or Live Nation put up their own marketplace and this is where you get tickets. Sorry. We're not we're not selling to you, Title. We're not selling to you, Jack, to do that. We're, we're doing it here. Now, they may get forced, but they're big enough right now that I wouldn't I wouldn't give that back to anybody. The, the amount of money they make on the way in and then if someone wants to sell them on the way out if they can't go, it doesn't make sense for them to give that up. They would have to well, be not, in dire straits monetarily to do that. Well, I'm not even thinking about the fact that they're giving it up. It's more of an ancillary service. Like you you're on title and you're like, "Hey, do you want to listen to Spanish love songs? Cool, here it is. Do you want to watch them live? Cool. Do you want to watch it live in real time? Cool. Here's the link through Ticketmaster through Live Nation." pay the additional fee so there's a kind of almost like a cut right Ticketmaster is again the, the middleman they would be yeah title. they'd be selling they'd be selling yeah. to title for that but i'm not sure yeah like i, I want to hear that. the song i want to hear it live i want to hear it live right now on tour in you know tennessee right now i mean hell yeah right that's basically yeah, like live audio cool. casting prediction hmm i could see that yeah, I mean, if you guys ever watch like Shark Tank, it's all about customer acquisition costs. It's all about sell through. It's like the best chance I'm going to buy a band shit is if I'm listening to them and there's options to buy right in front of my face. That's exactly that's at the yep. very peak. Or if I'm and that's what this is. I mean, it's this is the equivalent of going to a record store, hearing the band while you're there and be like, all right, maybe I maybe I do want, you know, the new wonder years album you know that's that's how i got into atmosphere in 2003 it works right i, I walked into bulmas i was like oh man they're playing they play, were playing lucy ford over the over the uh you know speakers and i was like damn this is kind of cool all right i walked over to the atmosphere uh, spot in the, the underground hip-hop label and grabbed god loves ugly and walked out the <laughs> so rest is hell I, paid, I paid for it but yeah i love it the record store sommelier Yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which we, if we do that occasionally, week to week, with our podcast uh, playlist. So go check those out. Actually, and Sundays, Sunday spins. Funny story about that. I got a text from uh, one of our buddies. He goes, um, "I was at a local package store picking up beer, and I hear music I like on the speakers. So I asked the the kid at the counter who it was, and uh, it was Title Fight. So he's like, now I like Title Fight.'" Exactly. And that's what happens, man. That's how that works. Cool. All right. Do we have a segue for, for this last piece? So, Nate, you were saying if you were on title and you want to listen to the, you want to watch the band live in real time, well, what's better than watching a band through your your screen? Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, terrible yeah, segue. Segue King. No, it was good. That was, <laughs> that was, that was good. Yeah. It's I prompted you. Seen... So that's why. <laughs> It's actually seeing the band live, which we talked about with Lauren Wayne last week, uh, GM of the State Theater in Portland, Maine, which is actual live shows, which is weird to talk about in like retrospect because it, it did happen at one time. And it seems like it's coming back to fruition here, both in Texas and Mississippi. They have shows booked, right? That's crazy. 
They're they're open. Texas especially. They're, they're, they're wide ass open. They're like, let's do this. We're do we no masks, no nothing. I don't even care yep. if you've had a vaccine. We're just back to normal, which is stupid, but whatever. Different story for a different day. My point there is, yeah, they're they're opening their venues. they if you're gonna go play a show, I guess if you're gonna be a band, you're gonna be the safest sit in the safest spot on stage around people you've been around, but shows, shows are back. I mean, it's not even just in those places. Uh, I saw a flyer for a show in Vegas in the fall. I saw yep. a couple flyers for the band Goose, which we've mentioned years, months ago now. Uh, our buddy Nate, uh, in, in uh, different Nate in uh, North Carolina, big fan of them. They're playing socially distanced shows in May in like Tennessee and Maryland and a few places like that. So people are really ready to get back out there is what I'm seeing. In these two states, Mississippi and Texas was 100% full capacity this month. Yeah, crazy. It's crazy. Full capacity. Uh, they've lifted the mask mandate, as we've all we just talked about. So, yeah, I mean, if you're in those regions, live music's back for you. You know, I'm, I'm kind of jealous. I'm jealous. I'm jealous, but it's it's a little early, maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. I mean, are they disregarding science or are they just kind of like whatever i don't know you have you have more insight there tone yeah nate is alluding to the fact that i'm a i work in the medical field and have been because well, you said that's dumb i'm like well, it's, you, you it's dumb no it is it's dumb <laughs> it, it's not just oh hey people are getting vaccinated numbers are starting to dip a little bit let's let's open everything no let's that's not how this works man like we still gotta we still gotta like follow it now i don't want to be locked down forever trust me i, I want this to go away as much as the next person i am ready to go to a concert it has been like 17 months since i've been to one so i'm ready but i want to do it correctly and i don't want to get back out there too soon with a bunch of people who are in the younger demographic who are just going to pass it around to other people and maybe get somebody else sick and die so let's wait a little bit but different story for a different day not wanting getting not wanting to get too political here I do think that this is a good thing. I do think we're heading in the right direction as a country. I think things are going better. And, uh, you know, we're probably for us and maybe a little bit sooner for you, Nate, being outside and having more access to outside, maybe early summer, early to midsummer for a place like Southern Maine to have shows outside, at least when the weather's good and we can pull that off at somewhere like Thompson's Point mentioned last week with Lauren Wayne. I could see that happening. Yeah. It's polarizing. I only brought you in because you have a little more insight. You just wanted to hear me rant. I just wanted to hear you rant. <laughs> but I mean, I'm excited too. I mean, I want to go to live shows. I mean, and California, like you said, like there's more outdoor space here, live uh, outdoor venues and so forth. And California's got a few too, like a System of a Down concert scheduled for, I think, October. Mm-hmm. That I was originally going to check out last year. Um, that looks like it's back on. A festival I go to every year called Ohana Festival is... Everything I'm seeing on their socials said it, says it's slated to be on schedule for September, actually, uh, in Dana Point, which is in Orange County. So um, that's Eddie Vedder's music festival. So it's like, okay, if this is happening, like we talked about with Lauren, like I'm going to buy the tickets and just hope for the best. Whether I feel comfortable at that time is a different story. But, um, you know, if it's ready to go, I mean, I'm ready to go. Uh, all things said, but um, I'll just have to wait. It's almost like an emotional thing, you know, like even if I can go, like if I can race on the Autobahn and go 170 miles an hour, do I really want to? I don't know, you know? Mm -hmm. So, but you're right. I'm happy that things are actually, there's light at the end of the tunnel. It's another one of Nate's analogies. That's great. The Autobahn one. That's the, you're, you're spot on, man. Like, yeah, I can go 170, but do I want to (laughs) die? Yeah. 
you, you've shifted from the food and um, restaurant <laughs> analogies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the more I read about it, I, I think this is the new norm. I think because, okay, best case scenario, they have these shows and nothing happens in terms of spiking of coronavirus cases or whatever. Worst case scenario is something happens, but is that going to be enough for people to cancel things again? I don't know. You know? I think the spike would need to be big. It would need to be more than just one event, one yeah. super spreader, I'm saying in quotation marks, one more than just that. I think you would need to see a steady increase in numbers. That's what we've had happen in the past, right? Where we, okay, we had a nice, like the state of Maine did really well last summer. We, we everybody is outside in the state of Maine in the summertime because the weather's good and it's such a short season for us. And our numbers were really good as far as COVID went, even with the tourists, you know, some of the stuff we had still happening and then it got cold and then people had to go inside and then numbers went up. So we adjusted as a state and weren't allowed to do a lot of stuff. And I think it'll, it'll happen again with this. If the numbers continue to go down because we're able to get outside more and we have people getting vaccinated, it's going to get better. Hopefully it stays that way. That's, that's the big question is, does it stay that way? And, and I'm pretty sure this is full capacity for indoor and outdoor mm -hmm. venues. It's I mean, nuts. It's nuts. Outdoor venues. So like Furnace Fest is coming up. It was they had shifted the date from last year. It was just announced happening in September, I think, of this year. It's in Birmingham, Alabama, and it's like outside at the Sloss Furnaces. And if you you can Google it and you can see why it's called Furnace Fest. But that's outside. And I think it's in. Almost like if, if you've ever been to Thompson's Point where there's the big outdoor structure where it's underneath, it's huge. I think there's enough room for people to spread out. Like that's mm -hmm. one thing. But indoors, full capacity, I don't know. I mean, I could see this uh, backfiring. Mm -hmm. Right now. Yeah, yeah. For these March shows. And again, it's only a couple. Is it just a couple states? Yeah, that that's like Texas and Mississippi and a few a few states. It's not everywhere. The rest of this we're talking about is like May, June, July, September, October, that type of thing. So those are hoping that that numbers stay down and vaccinations go up and and we we achieve some sort of herd immunity type thing. Almost like these states are kind of test market states. Like, let's see how it goes in these secondary In the markets. worst possible way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, like the lab rat type thing. Uh, let's see how this goes. And if it goes well, then we'll open up California, New York, all the states that actually, you know, pull some some high revenue. But I don't know how I feel about it. Like, I, we all talk about it. Like, I want to go back to a live show so badly. And we talked about with Lauren last week. Like, we're going to buy every ticket to everything. But... um how soon is too soon and how late is too late? Like what is safe? What isn't? I mean, like, I, like you said, I talked about the Audubon thing. Like you can put your own self at risk. I think that everyone should have the, their own choice on the kind of risk they want to put themselves in. And that shouldn't be limited on, you know, restrictions that may or may not coincide with real data. But at the end of the day, like everyone wants to be safe. You know what I mean? I don't want to go to a slipknot show and come back and not even know that I'm ill and put other people at risk so right i'm trying to be sensible but at the same time a little selfish with the fact that like live music is a big part of our, our life so i, I kind of i love collecting ticket stubs every year and i kind of missed a year so i almost have to double down this year so it's funny you say that nate i was reading i think it was all press all press article yeah and it has some stats 83 percent of concert goers have held on to their tickets 
over the past year. Mm-hmm. So that shows you like they want to go. They kept the sh- the the tickets. The other stat is 64% of fans plan to attend even more concerts than they did before when they return. So people are hungry. You're right. Mm-hmm. People are starving for this and I think if they're offering full capacity, you'll see a lot of sellout venues. No, people will go to those, especially if they're outdoors. I think I think I'm I'm trying to put myself in in these people's shoes. So if it's an outdoor venue in Texas that I'm familiar with and I know I could be in an area where I'm away from everybody and still enjoy the concert, I'd probably go right now. And that's me being vaccinated saying that. Pre-vaccination, I don't think I would. Indoors, I don't think I would. Even even vaccinated right now, I don't think I would because I wouldn't want to be somebody who, you know, my vaccination worked well enough that I didn't know I had it and gave it to somebody else. So that's where I'd right. wait. But yeah, the whole the whole thing is is a difficult prospect, and it's too bad we're not on. We don't know enough about it that we can all be on the same page. That's the hard part is we don't know enough about how this is all going to work. So it's hard to be on the same page. So some people want to go and just be like the trailblazers and the ones who maybe jump the gun and, and do it a little too soon. But some are a little more cautious, a little more reserved and want to, you know, wait and see. Yeah. To your point tone as well is like, it's all about respect, you know, like I don't want to go and infect other people, but unfortunately I'm, I'm looking at COVID-19 as the precursor to, I hate to say this, but it just seems like logical to think that this is kind of a precursor to may, maybe more pandemics in the future. So if we don't take this one seriously, then we're really not taking, you know, taking other pandemics serious that may have, you know, more implications, higher risk. So we almost have to err on the side of caution. The fact that this is almost like a a warning sign, like, Hey, like the globe's changing. There's a lot of things that are coming at us faster than we know. I'm not saying it's doomsday, but you know, this is a good warning sign. I think if we've learned anything and that, you know, we talked about earlier, how this is like a, a year anniversary of this episode is. The world's changed a lot in 12 months and it always has, but this has been one where we can kind of sit back and, and watch it change and evolve because we're home more, or we have more time to research and obviously the power of the internet to, to get real facts and real data and not have to funnel everything through like a mainstream news source and realize that like, Hey, I really like to do these amazing fun things, especially live music. But at the end of the day, like I can't think about just me, you know? So I want to always err on the side of caution, but at the same time, like realize like, fuck man, we put together this podcast because of our huge, huge appreciation for live music. Totally. So it's kind of like a tug of war, you know? You know what though? So much for those uh, fancy spacesuits, right? We're not going <laughs> to. So much for the spacesuits. We're not going <laughs> to. I was looking forward to it. Yeah. Right? I wasn't. I wasn't. Or the big gerbil, gerbil balls, hot. the hamster balls. Yeah. Well, I do that, but the, the, the spacesuit that we talked about last May or whatever. I don't know, man. I, a, I don't want to, who knows who was in that first and how sweaty and gross that would be at a concert. But if it meant, okay, if, if, if we were right now told this is the only way I can go to shows, I would do it. But if I don't have to, I'm not doing it. It's gross. It grosses me out. Not supposed to. It's supposed to be a proactive measure. And I don't think they would invest that much money into something like that, the infrastructure to support mass production of a, a space suit to go to live shows if it wasn't going to work long-term. So I, that's what your I, boy I mean Elon by Elon would. Your boy Elon would. Exactly. Just a flex. <laughs> Just a flex, I mean. Just a flex. I'm thinking everything has legs. 
in the long run. So title, you can, you can order your spacesuit to go to the show right here on title. Right now, branded <laughs> with your slipknot patch on the front. Yeah. Slipknot patch on the front and SpaceX patch on the back. And we'll, we'll record you in the crowd at the show and you can buy the NFT after. Like this. Oh, man. Boom. So this whole episode just boils down to we're in the future. This is it. It's Basically. crazy. We made it. We, we just, made it a year out and here here it is, the future. We just crossed over. It's great. I mean, we, we had a lot of predictions, but like the NFT thing, I don't know if anyone saw coming really, no, right? Oh, God, no. Yeah. Nope. That's crazy. That's funny when you said it. Just didn't see it coming. It. I had like the dumb and dumber thing in my head. Didn't even see it coming. Yeah. <laughs> ah. All right, boys. Yeah, that I think that's a good spot right there to, to wrap her up. Uh, this has been a fun one. It's been fun to kind of speculate on the future and talk about the past a little bit with our, our first episode and kind of weave the two together. Absolutely. It, it, it makes that first episode seem so far away, mm-hmm. like for a number of reasons. Like you said, the world's changed. The digital world has changed miraculously. And we have improved quite a bit, I think. I think we've gotten a lot better at the craft and uh, just looking forward to continuing that. Yeah, I agree. I think we've we've changed, right? We've all changed. We've evolved with the times and uh, kind of reached a little bit deeper on what we're trying to say here on the podcast. So it's been, it's been a wild ride. I can't believe we're one year old. I always look at the episode number like, damn, we're 53, we're old, but no, we're only a year old. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy that, that it's been a full calendar year since all of these things have happened. And all of the things we've seen happen in that calendar year are nuts. And uh, I'm excited that I've been able to talk with you boys about it as, you know, things have come up every every week. And uh, I'm excited for the thing we're talking about a year from now that we're like, nobody saw that coming. Like, well, how do we even What could it possibly be? I can't yeah, even I don't think. Know. I don't even want to. I don't even want to try. Not the spacesuits. Dumb. That's okay. So much for the spacesuits. All right. That was fun, guys. We will see everyone next week. See ya. Peace, pod Eds. Cheers. See you guys in the future.